Hello. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm going to bring up Arthur. <laughs> All righty. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Do you want to just start by introducing yourself? Arthur Miliatsa, Nicole's husband, <laughs> a.k.a. Nicole's husband. Yeah. She was here first, so like everybody knows her. And oh, you're Nicole's husband. So <laughs> I'm happy being known as Nicole's husband. So you, I'm excited to talk to you because you have a, a very interesting history that is all your own, your own very unique story. Um, we know a little bit about how you got here now um, because of yeah. Nicole's story. Um, but you come from a musical background. So I want to I wanna talk about bef before you came to Westerly, what were you doing in New York? What, what, how, how did you get started in the music world, the music <laughs> sure. business? Um, so I uh, was born in Maryland. We'll start at the beginning. And around the age of nine, I started taking piano lessons. Uh, and then my teacher was great. She introduced her students to all different kinds of music, and one of them was blues piano. And I, there was something about it that just clicked with me. I loved the sound. I loved the fact that the left hand could be doing a, a bass line automatically, and on the it, it, that became kind of a, a, a blank canvas to me because I, I kind of see pictures with sounds, and so. And so when I get a left hand going, it's like a blank canvas in which I can paint you know, all day long with the right. And that, that kind of idea really clicked with me when I was 10, or when I first, I was about 10 when I started learning blues. Um, and my teacher saw that I was really drawn to this. She got me hooked up with a blues piano player uh, who wasn't like, necessarily a, a teacher, but she was a player and she kind of took me under her wing showed me some different left hands, some different right hand licks, got me listening to a lot of the old guys, and something that in that soul, in the music, that just, it really spoke to me, and that's all I wanted to play. And so I would spend hours, you know, in the basement. We had this kind of free piano we got, um, and I would just play for hours. And uh, then I started working professionally um, uh, when I was 13. And so started opening for bands, started uh, playing background music at part people's parties, started playing at retirement homes and everything. And in high school, I started my own band uh, with myself and a drummer. This was in, we had moved to Tucson, Arizona by this time, and, and I started my own band with a drummer who was a couple years older than me. And uh, we were a drum and piano duo. We worked all throughout high school, um, and that's, and then into college, I've just been a, I've been a professional musician ever since. So um, I never really had a real job, you know, just just <laughs> just piano. Uh, and then I became more into singing and entertaining. And right up until the pandemic, uh, right before the pandemic, I was doing mostly solo concerts in theaters, performing art centers and things where I would tell the history of boogie woogie and blues piano music along with playing and singing and entertaining. Um, and that's how I met Nicole. Actually, in 2015, I was doing an off-Broadway show uh, in the same theater, or same uh, building as she was. There was a, a number of theaters there. And I was doing a two-piano show about the history of Boogie Woogie with uh, a man who had been 
playing with Chuck Berry for about 50 years. And he wrote this show, and, he, and we did two pianos. And uh, then I met Nicole in the lobby and asked her out. And then we've been seeing each other every day since. That was in 2015. <laughs> now we have two kids, and we're living in Westerly. <laughs> there you go, in a nutshell. <laughs> so, so Boogie Woogie, what... For those who don't know, what differentiates or, or what is like the subgenre of boogie woogie in blues and, and piano music? So people yeah, blues and boogie woogie piano really go hand in hand. One's just basically faster. Uh, everyone who plays blues piano usually plays some boogie woogies, and people who play boogie woogie piano can also play blues piano. It's just it's just a, a kind of a, a tempo difference and a feeling difference. But it's it's all the same stuff. And then Boogie Woogie obviously was, was um, um, came after blues per se. It became a thing in the, in the 30s and really famous in the 40s and, that, and then transitioned into rock and roll. Chuck Berry was, used to say, I'm just doing Boogie Woogie with an electric guitar. It's the same stuff, just with different you know, lyrics and, and a band and, and electric guitar. So here's a question about Westerly and um, the blues. You, you came to Westerly. Westerly has its own very unique kind of blues history. Part of it, a lot of it, most of it actually, uh, originating from our sister venue up the road, The Nick. Um, yeah, did you, it's amazing. When did you f come into Westerly? When did you find out about this blues history? Because you are playing, uh, you're now playing the, the 90th anniversary of the Nick is July 29th. Um, there's a big event, you're, you're a part of it, um, because it's a celebration of the Nick, but it's essentially a celebration of the blues and Westerly's own history in the blues. So did you know that coming into Westerly? No. Or is that something you stumbled on? I had no idea. I just fell in love with Mystic, like Nicole, and then we started looking at Westerly more seriously, and she, uh, you know, got the job at the Granite, and then we were really seriously looking at Westerly, and the more seriously we looked at it, the more we fell in love with it. I didn't find out really until we had bought the house, um, and then, excuse me, the, uh, someone on her uh, board of directors at the Granite uh, knew the manager of the Knickerbocker All-Stars, and said, hey, this guy's moving to town, and that's JP. JP got on my mailing list, and then like, when I announced that we were moving up here, he said, hey, you wanna do some, something with the All-Stars? And, and then I started looking at the All-Stars, started looking at the Knickerbocker, and then, um, and then found out that Roomful of Blues had started, which Roomful of Blues was a name I had known already. I didn't realize their ties, and then I was like, what? This is amazing. And so we went actually to see the founders and, and they are amazing. They, I mean, like, you can tell why they became world famous because they, you know, they're the real deal. They, when, as soon as they start playing, you can't stop moving. And that's, that's a sign of a good band right there. Yeah, yeah, and, and now you're playing. So what are you doing on July 29th? So July 29th, uh, I'm, uh, they asked me to sit in for a couple numbers. We're doing, I'm doing one near the front, and then one, I'm doing the last number with them. We're doing a, a boogie-woogie rendition of Swanee River. 
Swanee River Boogie. And it's arranged for the full band, featuring the piano. I get to let loose a little bit. Um, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm extremely honored to be um, so quickly like welcomed into the community. Um, but it's, it's, it's amazing here. The talent, I cannot stop being blown away by even like the, the Grand Theater, like Nicole said, was, is mostly volunteers. I mean, the actors, they're basically, you know, they're volunteering. And I have been blown away by every show I've seen there. That's amazing. Um, and the Knickerbocker, you know, founders were awesome. We went to the Pops. The Westerly Chorus blew me away. And, and yeah. even the bands they had before blew me. The high school kids from, from Stonington area or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's a band from actually our music school here at the United. Incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I, I feel like in a way I've, maybe died and gone to heaven <laughs> because I love it here so much. Well, that's awesome. I mean, and that's why we do this show is, is you know, to talk about people who have been here forever, but to hear new people, and we've had a couple other new people to the area say the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, our executive director, Carly, same thing. It's, <laughs> it's like drinking the Kool-Aid, but you don't, there's no Kool-Aid. I know. I feel like maybe there's something in the water. <laughs> there's something I, in the water. Like something yeah. is just like brainwashed me, but, but uh, it's not, it's, it's great. It's, I can't believe it. So talking about the Nick, um, you know, and, and I'm going to, I asked Nicole the same question. What are some of your favorite places here in Westerly? What do you like to do? Well, you know, I've been actually, so, so what I'm doing right now uh, I, I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had planned to take three years off from performance. I still teach on the weekends, um, but uh, because I was going back to school to study physical therapy, and it's a doctorate program, it's a three and a half year thing, and I was a student at NYU, New York University, and uh, so I finished all, that's why we had to wait to move, really, until I finished my coursework and I'm doing my clinic, my last clinical rotation now at Westerly Hospital uh, Rehab uh, Center on, on Beach Street. So I'm working there as a student physical therapist. Uh, what was your question? No, I'm just asking what your favorite things about Westerly yes. are. And, so yeah. I'm working 40 <laughs> hours a week. We have two kids at home. I'm trying to keep my music career alive and even kind of revive it somewhat now. Um, so I haven't been out much, is what I'm getting at. Gotcha. I gotcha. But, All right. <laughs> but uh, everywhere we've been, the places she listed, you know, Amelia, Amelia's, uh, Amigos, High Hopes, the United, uh, the Granite. I love it there. Um, and then even walking down Elm Street to the Granite is like, it's beautiful. I, the library. Yeah. I love. I just love everywhere I go here. You said you took a few years off during. COVID during the pandemic? Is yeah. That right? So I don't know if you started this then or not, but you have quite the following on YouTube. I think you have like 72,000 followers on YouTube or something like that when I, when I checked. Um, can you talk a little bit, a little about that and what you do sure. on there and how, is that something that you started during the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, I, no, I started, that really kind of started in 2015. I, I published a book on how to play boogie woogie and blues piano uh, or how to play boogie woogie piano, and it was published by Hal Leonard, which is one of the biggest, the biggest music publisher in the world. So that book is everywhere, worldwide, in stores and everything. Um, I started making videos that went along with the 
information in the book to to promote the book, but also to like provide clarity for people who wanted to not only read the book and listen to the audio, but but see somebody see me playing it. Uh, and so those videos started getting more views and selling more books because, and then like you know cross promoting. I also did a video um, for WikiHow on how to play boogie boogie piano. I wrote the article, I put a video, and that kind of became viral for as you, as viral as you can be for a, a boogie woogie piano instructional <laughs> video. But uh, I don't know, seventy two thousand followers. Most of impressive. my. I'd love to think it's because of my performance videos, but it's mostly because of my teaching videos that yeah. people uh, have to watch it over and over and over again <laughs> to, to figure out what's going on. So, so, so most of the subscribers are piano students. Yeah. So do you want to do, you're teaching now, do you teach remotely? Yeah, I, okay. I mostly, I switched to all remote during the pandemic, and then I was starting to see people in person again in New York, I'd love to start teaching in person again here. And uh, I have a website called School of Boogie. Uh, and it's, it's where I have a lot of my lessons up there. And because players have been so generous with me, yeah, I learned from some of the few remaining you know, authentic players who learned from the original guys. Uh, and so throughout my life, I've always been blessed to, growing up as a kid, have real players take me under their wing and show me things. Sorry, and nobody ever charged me a dime for lessons. And so, thank you. <laughs> and uh, so I kind of feel like it's almost my duty in a way to pass it on. And so I have a lot of information out there on YouTube too. For It's all free, I mean you might have to watch some ads, but on School of Boogie, all the lessons and everything are free. Um, because I, it's like, my, I feel like I'm the keeper of this, one of the few people who like are doing this in the authentic way that learned from the traditional, the oral tradition. And I wanna pass it on so this music doesn't die. So I wanna make it as available as possible to younger generations and, and older generations, and whoever wants to learn. So, so, I uh, have a lot of free stuff out there for people who want to get their feet wet learning boogie woogie. Um, I, I do charge for private lessons, but uh, I'd love to start doing that more in person and maybe someday have an in-person school of boogie, like week-long camp where people come and we learn boogie woogie every day for five days and, and maybe get some other musicians involved that can practice playing in a band setting and things. So I'd love to have like an actual brick and mortar kind of like school of boogie experience. That's great. In the future. I mean, it sounds like you're keeping the legacy of boogie alive on YouTube and elsewhere. Doing what I can, yeah. So that leads me into that, that last question that I ask everybody, which is uh, now that you're a part of this community, what, what do you hope to bring to this community and kind of create as a, a legacy here, you know, as you raise your family in this new community of Westerly? Well, the two things I have to offer are piano and now PT. So I'd love to do both and, and maybe even combine them in the future. I went to study PT in the hopes of becoming uh, uh, somebody who can rehab musicians to get back on stage after they get into trouble. Um, 
but I'm discovering the piano itself can be used as a rehab tool. And I know there's something there. I just haven't quite put it together. Uh, also very interested uh, along the way I, I discovered I have a passion for um, pediatric physical therapy. So I'd love to get, there's not, they have that in Groton um, where I did uh, my uh, previous nine week uh, rotation uh, at uh, Pequot Health Center uh, working with kids. I'd love to start something like that here because we have people from Westerly traveling there because there's, there's no real pediatric physical therapy in Westerly. So I'd like to, you know, just a lot of things. I want to do whatever I can to enhance the community. So we, we don't have a piano here. We also don't have a way for the audience here to listen to any of your music. But for the podcast, we are going to end with some of your music. But for the people here, where, they, where can they hear your music? Um, aside from you know, the 90th coming up at the Nick, yeah. and then we're, we've talked about doing some shows and creating some shows with you here at the United in the future as well. Love to do some shows here. Um, well, in the meantime, if you have a ticket to any show at the Granite Theater, I've been playing for about an hour before every show. Um, I found a piano that somebody wanted to donate. So I, we went, me and five other guys, uh, went physically moved that piano into the granite lobby, had it tuned up, and I've been playing for an hour just pre-show music while people come in and get their drinks. So you can see me at the granite before every show. Awesome, awesome. And for the podcast listeners, we are going to play some of your music. So um, thank you. All right, it's great. Thank you so much thank for joining much. us. All right, Arthur. Thank you guys. A hundred years ago this year, W.C. Handy published a tune called the St. Louis Blues. And it was a blues song, but it became a jazz standard. During World War II, when Boogie Woogie was America's most popular music, there was a piano player named Earl Father Hines. Earl Father Hines took the St. Louis Blues and put a Boogie Woogie beat to it, called it Boogie Woogie on the St. Louis Blues. Now, one of my closest friends and mentors, his name is Bob Seeley, uh, he's now in his 80s, like 85, still tours around the world playing boogie woogie and stride piano. He's recognized as one of the greatest uh, living players and the last living link to these first and genera second generation uh, boogie and stride piano players. He learned how to play St. Louis blues directly from Earl Father Hines. And I learned it from Bob Seeley. So each one of us has kind of put our own thing on it. it gives me great pleasure now to play for you my version of Bob Seeley's version of Earl Father Hines' version of the centennial W.C. Handy tune, St. Louis Blues.
Thanks for tuning in to the United Theatre Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. And if you could take a moment to leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Your feedback helps us create content that you love. So hit that subscribe button and leave us a review, and we'll see you on the next episode.